Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, now after Pam rebuked me Sunday about uh, my series that I was in and said, don't you come back no mo, no mo, is what I think she said. Uh, yeah. So I did a runaround play. And so I'm, I'm back on the, the exponential of your potential. So that, that'll fix them. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. No, this is number six, number six. But we just had some stuff between that and this. We're, 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 we're touring the USA, and so we go down every road. But I want to tell you all tonight, I want, I, I want us to all understand the big picture. The big picture is so important because you'll get weary in well-doing. Galatians says don't do it. If you don't know the big picture, if you don't know why are we here, one day everybody will wake up at certain churches that are a lot of hype and a lot of uh, uh, jumping around and a lot of whatever, not the word or whatever they're doing. One day that everybody's going to wake up. There's a, there's a deja vu. There's a, that's a bad word. There's a, there's a moment in time where you go, what are we doing this for? Because the purpose or the, 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 uh, the profit or the fruit or the harvest of it won't be there. And so we're, I'm just going to tell you why we're here. We're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's it. Well, can't we do this and that? We'll do things along. We're going to have a great Valentine party next Wednesday night. And it'll be fun. And she's, she's, she's loaded up stuff. Well, you ought to come. We're fixing to... We're fixing to load your, your, your dessert level up. Hallelujah. But we're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I know that's all right with y'all. It's not right, all right with everybody, but they'll, they'll grow into it because that's what we're made for. Let, let's get this off the, the chart of I'm choosing or I, I prefer or I'd rather. This is what we're made for. All of us were created to be equipped for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's what we're made for. I'm made to go to heaven. Are you made to go to heaven? Well, yeah, and we're going. But we're also made down here on earth to be equipped because we weren't born again with the equipping. It has to be transferred into us, and we're all being equipped. I'm being equipped. We're all being equipped. We're all working on that. But understand, I'm, I'm going to give you this kind of a thing out of the blue that came in this week, hallelujah, that we're not static at River Church on any day. Nothing phases us. Nothing phases us. We'll meet in the parking lot if we have to, and it'll be, it'll be just fine because we know Chinese churches met underground under great threat and had one Bible for 400-something for people, and they just passed the pages around. So we'll go like, Parking lot, that's no big deal. So we're not done on any day. Every day, we're, we're up and going. This is what's coming from up here at the, at the pulpit. And, uh, but the life, life is full of people. All our, lots of people you know have settled, have settled in life. They're, they're created for more. We're, we barely know what we're created for, equipped to be uh, for the work of the ministry, but they don't have a clue. Some of them aren't even born again. Not even filled with the Holy Ghost. So just think what that's going to look like in their life. 
So we don't we don't negotiate. As y'all have noticed. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes not so much. But we hold the line. We just hold the line that Jesus is Lord. We just hold the line. And if and if there's anything to do that's that doesn't please him, we're just not going to we're not going there. Could be that we could have more fun than we've had in the past, that he 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 wasn't as against it as we thought. I remember when we used to have a, a rule for for the, the musicians on the stage. You couldn't wear open toed shoes if you were a lady. And, you know, it was just weird. It was just weird. And I'm sorry for all that. I am. I'm sorry for all that. I wish we'd have done better. But anyway, it didn't hurt. Any, it didn't. It didn't wipe anybody out. We're still. We're still going. But we don't do workarounds. We don't reconfigure. We don't negotiate. We just, if the word says it, we're in. I said, if the word says it, we're just in. We we may have to. We may have to negotiate what it means and how it applies and what we do and, and, and be careful not to get under the law and get under some rule or something. We, we always are navigating that, especially if you're in the Old Testament and the Gospels. There's just a lot of that going on. Uh, but we're endeavoring, endeavoring, this is by plan, this is by uh, to not be weary in well-doing. To never get tired of church. Do you know how many people I know that are tired of church? They're just they're just drugged out. I remember when we were traveling way back in the day. We just we just moved from Texas to Alabama, and we we traveled the nation. I mean, one day we had a prophecy that uh, I'm getting off subject, but we had a prophecy said uh, uh, I forget how it said, but uh, you'll go coast to coast in the move of the Holy Ghost. You'll go coast to coast. What does that mean? Well, then one day we had a meeting in Visalia, California, and the next Sunday we were in Stockbridge, Georgia. Well, that's that's kind of coasty, you know. And so what what difference does that make? Well, the Lord said it and it came to pass, which really encouraged us. It's like we're on track. Why would he give a word to that if, uh, like that to somebody that he doesn't care about? That's that's off track. So uh, we're not weary in well doing. We don't need a rest. Lots of people need a rest because the kingdom is hard. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So when you get off of that, and if you ever just can't say, I can't go to church tonight, well, just stay home. We don't, we, we love everybody, but we want, we're not, we're not into church so much. I mean, we are into church, but if you can't handle it, if something comes up, we'll just, just put it in P, park. You go, preachers don't do that. Sure we do. Because we care for you just like you care for us. Y'all do care for us, don't you? <laughs> so we don't get to the place where we've done enough. I remember just a long time ago, a deacon saying, a deacon at the First Baptist Church said, I'm not deaconing anymore. I'm not ushering anymore. Let these young bucks take it. I've done it enough. Well, sure enough, when he was done, he was done. Everything fell apart after that. And I'm not saying that God did it by any means. I'm just saying you keep you lose your focus. You, you, you lose that. So uh, uh, 
We're moving as a blessed people. That's that's our posture. That's our outlook. That's our perspective. We is like we're blessed. We're not striving to get blessed and like, well, I wish something had happened. It did happen. And we're blessed. We get up every day saying, what a blessing. Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes, Lord Jesus. And things may come by, but Jesus said, you'll have tribulation, but it's okay. I got it. Psalm 91 said, we, we're in the secret place. We're good. We say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God, and you do I trust. And we get back on track and everything turns out just right. So we move as a people and we're blessed as a people. We move as one unit. Y'all get that? We, we move as one unit. Not, not that you don't go home and say, what in thunder was that about? And what are we going to do that for? Well, I get that. But we're doing the best we can. We're, we really are praying. We really are endeavoring to hear from heaven. And sometimes it, if it comes in a little foggy or a little fuzzy at the edges, you just hit the center of it. You just, you know... You aim for the middle. River Church lives by faith. We live by faith. We've learned to live by faith. We may miss it a few times here and there individually and together, but we live by faith and we want, we want to experience a move of God in our lives. We want to. It's like, I want to. I don't, I can go to heaven any time, but before I go, if I get my way, we would all say, I want to experience a, a move of God. And the way we do that is we believe him when he said, you'll know what to do. And that's been a very big comfort to me. I hope it has been to you that that the Lord has said, you'll know what to do. So that means there's going to be things to do. And when we get to those things, we'll know what to do. We won't be flim flamming and, and flopping around like a fish on the dock. We'll know what to do. So we're making better decisions. We're making wisdom decisions. We're we're letting discretion watch over us. And so we're we're doing we're all doing better. And we're in a, and as a family, as a church, as a people, we're all doing better than we've all each ever done. Nobody's saying, you know, I remember the good old days. But right now there's none of that. We're all at we're all doing better and have every expectation that we're on our way. I'm on my way. We're excited. I think we all are excited about wonder where this is going. Oh, it's going somewhere good. I'm equipped for the work of the ministry. Maybe there's some ministry that I'm equipped to do that I'll get to do. Well, absolutely. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says that. It says, now I beseech you. That's pretty strong. That's, uh, that's pulling, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it wasn't just like... Uh, passing notes in class, that ye all speak the same thing. This is what he's beseeching. This is, this is what Paul is saying to the church at Corinth. He said, I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, I'm, I'm in this, I'm, I'm talking to you, that you all speak the same thing. Well, that must be important. And that, and that there be no divisions among you but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There we have a picture of the church, the New Testament church. There's a lot of things we don't know about the New Testament church. We don't know how long to worship. We don't know how long uh, to spend on the offering. We don't know how long to preach. There's just, we don't know how to do uh, Bible weddings. 
we, there's just so much in the New Testament that doesn't tell us about us. So we just get it by the Holy Ghost. It, Paul said it seemed to me good to be in the Holy Ghost. And so he went forth. And then if you do, and a lot of times Brother Hagin said, if you don't get a no, it's a go. You know, Mark Brzee said, skate out on the ice and see if it, it'll hold you. So not everything is, is divine like I heard the Lord say on Mount Sinai or something. Some of it is just life living by faith. We're living by faith and that's good. The Amplified says that all of you be in perfect harmony. So that's our goal. You go, well, what do y'all do? Well, we work on being in perfect harmony and that and full agreement in what you say. Perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you in O-N-E. But that ye be perfectly united in your common understanding and your opinions and judgments. So we've all had to lay aside some opinions and some judgments. Would you all agree with me? Any people, even your own family, maybe your spouse at times you go, I don't, I don't get what you're saying. That's not what I'm thinking. And then you try to put that in the church of, of people. Wow. So we've got a good thing here. And it's not because it just happened. It's uh, James 3.16 says, where, for where envying and strife is. Y'all know what strife is? It's fussing. Where envying and strife is, the Bible says there is confusion. And look at this. And every evil work. You go, well, the devil's in there and, and the witchcraft and they're, they're doing strange incantations and they're throwing curses. No, they just let strife in. And every evil work came in the door. Oh, my. So the stakes are high and the rewards are great for us to just say, let's just, like Catherine Kuhlman said, somebody said, well, they, the, the reporter just wrote an article about you because she was quite dramatic and just said, you're, you're this and you're that. And she said, let's just, let's just pretend that they didn't say that. Let's just forget that. She's famous for saying that. Let's just get around that and pass that. And so, uh, you know, we know that the church is just people from the world and they come in and usually there's a cross at the front, a pulpit at the front, and there's these long wooden chairs called pews. And suddenly the world, people that come in from the world are suddenly in a church. But how many of y'all know that the the cross and the pulpit and the pews didn't change anybody. They came in with what they came in with. And if they changed it anything, it might not be genuine. It might be a little wakey-fakey. So that's, that's how competition gets in. That's how competition gets in. It's the world. The world is competition. But the church is not. Why? Is because we found out there's enough of Jesus to go around for everybody to get a full portion, to do everything he's called you to do and have everything he's called you to have and to be everything he's called you to have. There's plenty. We don't have we're not digging out of the same bucket. We're not trying to 
to get a limited amount and say, I, me, me next, me, me. We're not. It's like there's plenty for everybody. There's plenty more where that came from. Well, once you once you put down your sword and your spear and, and start saying there's plenty for me from him, then you don't have to compete with anybody. And I looked up the the uh, the antonym of competition. And uh, it, it the word, in other words, what's the opposite of competition? And the word is union, accord, agreement and harmony, among others. So that's something to be sought for. But people will fight you over how much water that goes in the baptistry, or they'll fight you over just that they just get into strife over the smallest things when we could just get along and be something so different than the world that we coveted it, that we lusted after it. We wanted to go to church because... That's the place of peace. I can hardly tell you how many people have come into my home, the same as your home, and just said, there's peace here. This home's got peace in it. Well, it's because we don't fuss. We, we, there's strife just doesn't get a foothold. So uh, uh, I like this uh, two scriptures. We won't look them up, but the word says that one is... One puts a thousand to flight, it's Old Testament, and two puts ten thousand. Well, numerically, the exponential of, of one putting a thousand to flight is that two puts two thousand to flight. But he said that the, the uh, what do you call that when, when two things get together and the sum of the two is greater than the two? Help me, doctors. Okay, well, anyway, it's, it's out there somewhere. There's a, it's a superfluous. Uh, and then the other scripture is two is better than one. Like way better. Not just better, but way better. Not like two times better, but more, more than that. So we have that in place as a church and as a family that you, not only do you have it at church, but you take it home. If the church is fussing and everybody's taking sides and the husband says, well, I didn't like this. She said, well, I thought it was perfect. And so they take it home and roast the preacher. And what did he say this for? And what, what's that all about? Happens all the time all over the place. There has to be a reconciliation even to get them back to church. And sometimes it doesn't take place. Sometimes it doesn't work. And they don't, they don't go back to church or they go back mad. And we, it's, just, it's just the devil. It's just the devil in the flesh and being immature. Uh, but I, I want to talk tonight, just for, I have no time whatsoever to speak of, but I want to I get through this tonight. The Lord's given me something, and part of it was my conversation with Pastor West. If, if you don't have somebody that you can drag into your life and say, and tell them up front, look them in the eye and say, if you hear, see, or know of anything I'm doing that's not right, and it's beyond my inspection, I want you to tell me. You, you go, well, I don't want that. Well, you're little. You're little. You have to live out of your own, your own s stuff. So uh, he, one time he was on a lawnmower, and he tells this story to me. He was on a lawnmower, and... and uh, I, and I wish I'd have called him and said what was the exact conversation. But the point is, he was asking the Lord about me. 
And the Lord said to him, he's an uncommon man. So he, he put that in and he called me and he said, the Lord says you're an uncommon man. He changed my life. Because I realized then there was two kinds of people, two kinds of women, two kinds of men. And one of them is common. Even born again can be common. You can be spirit filled and be common. But there's an uncommon man and I, I've got scripture for it and we we're not going to go there tonight. But. Brother Hagen, did y'all ever hear Brother Hagen talk about that? Most ministers, most ministers never even enter into the first phase of their ministry. You go, that would be tragic. That they would sign up and go to seminary and study and, and sacrifice sacrifice to be in the ministry and never entered into the first phase of their ministry. And Brother Hagin was very cognizant of, of the phases that the Lord brought him through. Well, it's not just ministry. There's phases of life. And one of them is the uncommon man, the uncommon woman, or we, we say the extraordinary woman. When I did a series on it back, back when I didn't even know what I was had a hold of, I, I preached on it. But uh, uh, the common man, the common woman, the, the ordinary woman is, uh, is different than the uncommon man and the extraordinary woman. And it's nothing you can actually measure and say, well, they're, they're this tall and they got this color of hair and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but the uncommon person is always in a pull mode. They're always in a pull mode. They're never in a coasty mode, a sliding mode. They never slide. They never, they never quit. They never, Galatians 6 says, don't be weary in well-doing. They never get there. They never get weary in well-doing. It's one of the main attributes of the uncommon man, the, the extraordinary woman that puts them up. And it's not because they have better circumstances. It's not because they didn't go through anything. It's not because... Uh, or they, that they have gone through something and bless God, it's time to rest that anybody had been through what you'd been through. That's uh, but they're always in pull mode. They're aware of the kingdom and they're aware that we're down here to pull. And if we're going to rest like the Lord, he said, there's a rest time. The seventh day is a rest. The Sabbath is a rest. The tithe is a rest. He said, you'll get your rest later, but don't be resting during the six days. Don't be resting on earth. And, and I don't mean that. I, I believe absolutely you should take a Sabbath. Sabbath is Godward. But I'm, not, I'm talking about a way of life, not a pattern for uh, resting your body. To have promotion in your life, family, there's always going to be a transition. Can you say it with me? Transition. The word is just a fancy word for change. Until there's change, there's no promotion. Why? How could there be? Because if you don't change, everything's the same. So you cannot say, well, I'm believing God for increase. I'm believing God to go up and I'm believing God for more. But I'm not changing. Well, you're, you're, wor you're working against your faith. You're working against, you're a common person because you want, like many of our society, you want something for free. You, you want, you're entitled. You, you want something, but you don't want to give up or change for something. 
change is very dramatic to all of us. We true change when you truly change. It's very dramatic. It's very confrontational. But the uncommon man, the extraordinary woman just says, next, next, we got this mastered. We got this thing. Uh, in, uh, uh, and, and, you know, Dr. Cole says this. He says things left to themselves just naturally go to the devil. Or you could say things left to themselves, things that are unchanged. It's not like, well, I'm not going to change, but I'm not going to change negatively. It always will happen. It takes inertia, it takes initiative to go up. But if you just park it, you won't stay parked. You'll go down. It'll always go negative. It'll always, you know, a vacant house, all, a house always looks terrible, even though the neighbors that are there didn't do anything to their house. But somehow the vacant house all, all goes down. Uh, so we're not talking about changing for a, cultural reason. Well, I lost my job and I had to move to Des Moines and or I, uh, my, we, we went, my, my folks needed help. My, and so we had to move to, to Baton Rouge or something. We're not talking about a cultural or a uh, impacting move that way. It's the change that comes from the inside that says, I got up today and have, I'm having a great day. I feel good. My money's right. I'm dominating my job. My marriage is perfect. My kids are great. I must change. I must, I must find what is not that's laying latent in my life, that's, that's just laying in there like a tumor would lay in there that you couldn't feel or know, but it's, it's, it's destructive. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm really... But... Uh, so we, we leave where we are by determination. You just get up one morning or one afternoon and you're, you're sitting by the creek on a rock and you just decide. You just decide. You choose. I'm changing. And it's not that thing that just says until supper time. It's, it's something like where you make a hard decision to say my life is good. It's not like, ah, oh, they're desperate. They're just about to go over the falls and it's terrible if they don't change it. They're going to lose everything. No, we're talking about blessed and are coming in and are going out. And we say, this has got to go. Good has become the enemy of best. And so we just say, I'm going to change because I'm being equipped for the work of the ministry. Uh, so Pastor West told me the other night, I, I don't know if I can share this or not, but I'm going to because I share everything. You go like, does he have any secrets? No. So he saw me in a vision. I mean, this is why you have good friends. They help you. Brother Joe Morris helped me. He's, he, he loves me. He, Joe, Joe Morris loves me. We had him three times in West Texas in the 90s. I, I go back before Alabama with Joe. And Pastor West helps me. So he said, I saw you walking down a narrow hall, pretty narrow. And it was door after door on the right and door after door on the left. Twenty-five doors were in this narrow hall. And you needed to pick the right three. What your future was, was about, and I hope he forgives me if I butcher this, but this is the big end of it. You had three doors that you had to open. 
and you needed to know what to do. So family, this is a this is a this is a dream for all of us. This is a vision for all of us. You needed to know what to do. Well, the Lord's already told us in advance. God is used to it. God is settled with it. I know what to do when I come to that. And if there's a choice, go left or right, go up or down. I'll know what to do. And he said, you went down the hall and you opened the door. And you came out and it was the right door. But then you closed the door and you went down the hall a little bit and you picked another door, a second door, and you went in and it was the right door. And you came out, shut the door and then went down the hall and picked a third door and it was the right door. Doesn't it feel good to know somebody got the right door? I mean, it's like, Bob, what's behind door number three? Yeah, it's God's plan for your life. So, uh, It's a spiritual dream or vision, whatever. He saw it. He saw the uncommon man on his lawnmower. You know, when your mind is just green grass in front of you, just just down there, turn around and come back and then turn around and go back. So you can get things that way in the shower or, or just baking or, or whatever. You, you can get this. Uh, So then that brings that word that he gave to us, all of us together, that you should do what only you should do so that you can finish all that you are assigned to do. Now, you may say, whatever, whatever, but I'm telling you, it's a word. It's 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 the there's two locks on the door and everybody can unlock the top lock. But you got to have that key to unlock the bottom door, the bottom lock. Because if you do everything that's in front of you to do, you'll never finish what he called you to do. In other words, you're not unique. You're not special. You're not, you're just, anybody could have done it. Or you got two hands. You, can you show up and breathe? Well, then you can dip the, the soup and you can, you can whatever. But what are you called to do? What is the special? Because it's, it's either going undone or it's, going, or it's somebody else that's not really supposed to is doing it. Holding your place. I don't have time to go there, but I do. I do want you to know that there's doors for all of us, and you're going to have to spend some time in prayer. You're going to have to spend some time saying, "I want to change," because nobody wants to change. Change has always got some pain to it, some some transition. It's it's never like, "Ah, oh, let's change so we can coast." It's never that way, is it? Change always, re, always installs a work or a, work, a, a thing to do and a transition where we have to go, I, I'm not used to this. I don't like that. One thing we did tonight is we just had men come up. We'll do ladies another night if the Lord leads. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you and say, don't come that night because he's going to have you come up here. But, it, but it's really nothing because we're spirit-filled people and praying in the Holy Ghost is what we do. And, and, and we're in front of our most beloved. Some of you don't have better family than this. You don't have better families like, well, I, my real family. No. If the truth were told, if we put the, the pentothal in you or whatever the drug serum is, we'd find out it's River Church is my family. And that's okay. 
so we can do it in front of them because there's no criticism, there's no competition, there's no, there's no, it's like, attaboy, get up there and pray in the Holy Ghost 20 seconds, you can do it. That's all that's here. So money, 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 I got to talk about money for a minute. Money is the lowest power of heaven. Y'all knew that. Money is the lowest power of heaven. Money means nothing in heaven. It, there's no exchange. It's, it's like taking pesos down to the, to the Chick-fil-A and saying, I, I, got, I got a thousand pesos. How much can I get? And they'll say, walk. You can't get anything with a peso down at Chick-fil-A. Am I right? They, they know excepto. And so money is not a currency that heaven honors. Heaven honors the currency of faith. So it's like, well, these people don't have any money. God ought to be helping them. Well, if they'll get some faith, it's on the way. And so Jeremiah, we read this the other day because the, uh, it's, it's the lowest power of heaven, but money is the highest power on earth. That's not hard to figure. Because the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So we know it's way up there. But Jeremiah 12, 5 says, if racing against mere men, new living, if racing against mere men makes you tired. Are you all with me here? If racing against mere men, other boys just like you, makes you tired, how will you race against horses? Boy, that's a question. You're always talking about racing against the horses. You're always saying someday I'm going to be this and I'm going to have that. But it's like you're nervous about the boys. And then he goes on and says, if you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? So he's telling us in Jeremiah, rather obscure scripture, I think, but applicable nevertheless, that says... We can do more, but we've got to think right. We've got to think right. Right here is not good enough. There's some that would say that we're, we're the best of this and we're doing the, you know, the, the, the accolades among ourselves. We just say, yeah, we, we don't do that and we don't do that, so therefore we must be this. We don't say that because in heaven's estimation, we're just starting. That might be a little scary, but uh, I believe heaven's never got to the end of it and said, that's, that's all we got. Y'all tapped it out. No, we have, we have testimonies of great men and women that have done way more than we're doing. And as long as we have their testimonies in the earth, we're not done. We're not done. We're not like we hadn't we hadn't tapped out anything. We hadn't reached any kind of uh, uh, of pinnacle. So we don't negotiate with our status. We don't say good enough is good enough. We don't say it's the best I can do. We don't say that. It just means that's the best I did. Kind of serious in here, but. I want to get this out. I want us to think right. I want, I'm here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and this is part of it. 
I don't get this stuff on my own. I'm not digging out of somebody. This, this, didn't, this didn't come from anybody. This is not like, oh, what did you read? The thing Pastor West told me is, but I didn't get it from anybody else. So, uh, so money, let's just, get, let's just get it straight. We got the core of the church here. If you can't handle money, you can't run with the horses. That's what that scripture means. If you can't handle money, you can't run with the horses because the horses are going to be in the track with you. And we're expecting you to beat the horses. Oh, I hadn't been practicing against horses. I've been practicing against the, the, the JV. I wrote down this. If you negotiate work, if you negotiate your work and your money towards God, if you negotiate it, do you all know what I mean by that? If you, if you make deals with God, if you say, okay, let's just get brazenly bold here. If you negotiate your tithe to make sure the electric bill wasn't higher than you thought so that you wouldn't be in the dark. If, if you negotiate those things, if you play with your tithe, you play with your offering, you, 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 you negotiate, then you will never have a word to obey for breakthrough. Do y'all believe that? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put anything on anybody, but this is what I got. If you negotiate, if you mess around with your money, like people that come in and say, someday I'm going to have a million dollars and I'm going to bring it all to you, Pastor. You don't think you're the first one that's told me that. So if you mess around with your mind, nobody cares. Nobody cares because River Church or this church or any church, we don't, we're not, this is not a business where everybody gives in and we count the money and make sure there's enough. We have enough. That's the way it is. Our faith depends on us, not on y'all. So I was telling River Teams last night that we had a check come in. Uh, we had two checks come in, January and in, in February, one for 500, one for 600, out of what we call the blue, the blue, wherever the blue is. And it was sweet, and it was timely, and it was real timely. Did I mention it came just right? Hallelujah. So, uh, so having money, and I'm telling you this because you're fixing to have money. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for us. And if you, if you'll change, if you'll transition, if you'll qualify yourself for the more and say, where I've been is nothing to where I'm going. That's how, that's what I think about me. You got like, I don't know if we want a, a very prosperous pastor. Step aside, step aside. Because I'm a seed sower. Deborah Ann is a seed, my word, sometimes. She, she thrashes me. Hallelujah. What? So, are, are you a seed sower? Everybody in this house is a seed sower. Everybody in this house is a seed sower. So, if the word is true, if the word is true, what if the word was true, then there's a harvest. It's not like, well, we were glad to do it. We're, we're in the church and we want to help and we were glad to do it. That's, amen, I'm glad you're glad to do it. But that's not why we give. We're transitioning. We're changing. 
You, you don't have to be the widow with two mites, although she changed everything. The Lord Jesus himself said that, that, that a girl. So here's my question. I'm running out of time again. Are you an echo? Or are you a voice with your assets? Do you move according to the stream? And I'm just going to say it all, you know, because I've done that. I've been there where you have a missionary come in and you go, let's let's pony up. And that's good. And we should have a guest speaker come in. That's good. And because because if you all don't want to give towards a guest speaker, we'll just it'll just be me. Bless your heart. But everybody wants to see our guest speakers taken care of. So they give. But uh, an echo, just what? That scripture that the Lord Jesus said, he said, great faith have I not seen in all of Israel. Well, what was that? Well, it was where the centurion, is it a centurion? And he, he initiated it. He initiated also the Syrophoenician woman. She initiated. She said, uh, even, the, even the puppies eat the crumbs. He, Jesus said, great faith is where you initiate it. You don't just rise up to meet a need. Well, we're hungry around here. Let's all get in faith. They initiated faith. They didn't wait till Jesus to say, what can I do for you? They initiated it. So are you a voice or an echo with your money? I'm endeavoring. I'm just telling you honest. I'm endeavoring to be a voice. An echo follows, but a voice leads. And it's up to you because we're not checking. We're not surmising. We're not speculating, saying, well, you know, there's an echo. Well, there's a voice. We don't care. I don't care anyway. It doesn't matter. But my job is to equip the saints. So you don't leave this earth saying, I just didn't know. Pastor Billings was true to tell it. Well, um. Uh, let me just go through these just real quick. The counterbalance. Y'all remember last week we talked about the counterbalance to perilous times shall come. Well, I've re reworded that to say the counterbalance to perilous times have come. We're in perilous times. Y'all read, read 2 Timothy 3. You'll go, that's today. So there's a counterbalance. The Lord... Everything, we move the mountains. All authority has been given to us. But there is a counterbalance, I believe, and I'm not sure exactly how it works, but the word does talk about uh, there's graces that are bestowed. And so I'm coming off of those graces where uh, all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. There's a grace there. And it's a counterbalance to insufficiency for lack, for shortage, for need. There's a counterbalance. The Lord puts things in our path. It's still up to our faith to put them in our lives, but they're there. They're strategically located. So, number one, we said there was a grace to go deeper. Go deeper. We could go deeper. Do you all agree with me that we could still go deeper? We hadn't plumbed the depths. Oh, we hit bottom. There's nothing left. There's a, there's a little thing out in New Mexico called bottomless, bottomless lakes. Well, that's virtuous, but it does have a bottom. It's way down there, but it does have a bottom. But, but we can go deeper. Deeper in, uh, I, I like to watch submarine movies. 
And one thing they do is when a submarine's under attack and they're on the surface, what do they always say? They say, full down plane bubble, or something like that. And everything, everything the ship's got is they're blowing air out and they've got the, the fins going down the, and they're going down. And we can go down. We, we can go full down plane bubble. Uh, we need to on the word. Don't be slack. Don't be slack. Don't, don't say, well, I, you know, I've been doing this for years. That's the temptation to be weary and well-doing. Prayer. Do what you want, but I think we should pray more. Uh, yeah. Uh, witnessing. We're on that. We've been talking about that in River Teams, how we're going to witness. We're going to, people that we run into, we're going to say, that's a divine connection. That's somebody I should, if they look, if, if you have a witness, you should go over there and see what's there. Uh, discipling, where we actually disciple people. We have a pattern in virtue and in valor where we disciple people. We should be able to disciple people. I know the Cashes have had several in the past, had several people come to their house and they discipled them. It's just marvelous. It's just such a wonderful thing. Um, we, should, we should go deeper in leading and not just following. I'm real proud. We have, we have on standby at every given service, we have children's church and nursery. Even though, even though, even though, nobody would ever know that we didn't have it waiting in the wings. Because it is. And that's leading. That's leading. That's not saying, well, if they come three weeks, we'll see what we can do. This, this is amazing. Number two is breakthroughs that snatch you out. We're not talking about faith breakthroughs where you believed you received and you spoke to the mountain. We're talking about breakthroughs that snatch you out. It was the proverbial wreck that the car's coming right at you. Like the Smiths, the car's coming right at you. And they got, the car got snatched out of the way. And it went, it went somewhere else, wherever. We, we, don't not have, we don't even have to know all the details. We just know that was fixing to be bad. And he snatched them out. Has anybody else been snatched out? We have. We've been snatched out. And there's going to be more of those. Because in perilous times, there's more mean people out there willing to be mean. Say Hamas. Say Hezbollah. Say Houthi. That's just a demonstration. Uh, say American campuses. So we're not talking about faith that's, that's laid and you believe you received and you're sowing and you're believing God. We're talking about things that snatch you out that we have a counterbalance to perilous times that have come. Number three, and this is where I, our doors and gates into doors and gates. And I told you the story that Pastor West told me. Very encouraging to me that the Lord knows where I am. He, he, he knows I don't have it all and that there's some doors, but there's some counterfeit doors or, or maybe, maybe they're not counterfeit, but they're just other doors, doors for another day. Y'all see that where you could say, don't step into this door. That's not the door right now. You know, if you go out the garage door, you're not going to walk into your backyard. 
You got to walk out the right door. It's like, what are you doing in the garage? Well, I, it was a door. I walked through the door. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So we're working, we're studying, we're, we're getting alive about the power that worketh in us. It's not over there, it's not up there, it's not, Lord, where are you? It's right here. It's right here. Wall to wall, treetop tall, so to speak. It's, it's right here. It's not like, oh, I, got, I got to pray, I got to fast. No, you don't. He's, he's, he's in. So doors and gates. Now, one thing I would say about doors and gates, uh, doors are, are doors are, are the answer. In other words, ask, seek, knock. Y'all know that scripture, wherever it is. Ask, seek, knock. Well, nothing happens till you ask, seek, knock. So doors are not opening. Doors are not even in the hall until you want something that's behind the door. Until you say, I need a door. I need a, I need a help. And the Lord said, I got a door for you. And you start looking for that door. Uh, I, I told you the scripture that's in Luke where what man finding a treasure in a field goes and sells all he has and buys that field. That was that was a door for me. That was a scripture. It was just a scripture. But boy, and then plenty more where that came from changed my life. Everything's working out amazing and everything that's not amazing is still turning. Changed my life. I just share what I get, but it changed my life. Plenty more where that came from. Uh, then there's the doors that always that come to the always answered asker. If you set yourself to only pray prayers that God's already said, I, I can answer that. I'll answer that. I'll always answer those. You say, well, that's the only ones I'm going to pray. I'm not going to pray those wind-up prayers that, that you just don't know where they went. Preach prayers. And then lastly, uh, doors that open doors to people. People are everything. The next time you get aggravated with people, just understand you're aggravated with the very answer that this world has. All, pe all answers come through people. I mean, barring the Holy Ghost, but even then, he's going to tell you something to do with people. Uh, your finances, your, your ministry for that matter, it's going to come through an open door. We don't, we don't have time to work through Bible school and, and go off and try. We don't have time. It, the door is, is, is in the hall. We need to go in. So will you go, well, how do we do that? You just start asking God, is there a door for me? That's all. Here I am teaching school or, or, or putting gutter on the house or selling or whatever we all do during the day, during the week, during the month. You say, Lord, is there more than this? And doggone, if he won't show up and say, yes, he will. He'll say, I got a door. I thought you'd never ask. And, and, you, go, and you go, well, where is it? Well, it's, it's in Johnny Bob. Lord, I don't care for Johnny Bob, and I don't think he could ever have a spiritual answer. Well, then just do without. 
And that's how that goes. And lots of people are doing without because they didn't like the door. They didn't like a woman telling them. They didn't like their wife telling them. You can't tell me nothing, woman. Well, just do without. And my last one was spiritual engagements. These are things that Steve Sampson seeded, but I didn't get them like he got them. Spiritual engagement. What that means is, and we've been saying it for years, Garland and Annette know this, we're going to have church every day eventually. Doesn't mean you'll go to every, every day church. Doesn't mean it'll be the same kind of church. It's not going to be a service, but it'll be a healing room. It'll be a valor meeting. It'll be a, 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 a river team. It'll be, it'll be a lady, whatever, but we're going to have church every day. Somewhere, some way, we're, going to have, we're all going to be going to a church that has church every day. Don't turn the air conditioner off. We're going to need that tonight. There's a lot of hindrances to what I've just talked about. It's not like, well, just choose and it'll happen. There's lots of hindrances. And it comes in the best things of life. The very best things of life is where the hindrances also come from. Like a marriage. If you're married to a man or a woman that doesn't want God, doesn't like the things of God, none of that applies here, but we're talking to a bigger audience, then you've got a hindrance. And you need a door to open so you know what to do. Because the word is pretty specific about what to do with an unbelieving mate, if they're pleased to live with you, dwell with you or not. But there's ways around that. There's things that can, that can happen. Uh, your children, children can be a hindrance. I mean, just testify, not from experience, but children can be a hindrance. I've seen it, I've looked at it, I've observed it and, 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 uh, and knew from Seminole that a lot of people never fulfilled their calling, never opened the door because they couldn't get down the hall. Their children, they couldn't go with their children and they weren't willing to go without their children. And so they, they couldn't do it. Uh, a job, we don't deal with that much here, but, but it's everywhere. I couldn't do that. I couldn't come on Sunday. I have to work on Sunday. Well, then you're not, you're not in front of the door that needs to be opened into your life. Is that right? I mean, if you're, if you're there, you're not here. And we're glad we're online. We're glad that we're doing that. But that's not the answer. Uh, I like this scripture. Psalm 89, 19. I have laid help on one that is mighty. I, I hope you have that one underlined. I, I invoke it regularly. And I say of myself, I am mighty. I'm born again. I'm spirit filled and I'm an uncommon man. I think different than the common man. Do you think different than the uncommon man or the extraordinary, the ordinary woman? Well, if you do, then you can have help laid on you. And it's the only way to get things done except like being translated and, and the gifts of the spirit. Those things will help us. But sometimes you just need somebody to call up and say, you know, I'm the Lord told me to come help you. And you go, well, yeah, he did. We deal with this stuff all the time. This isn't like this is a special message, but it is kind of compacted all into one, one message, one, one thing where 
where we get the big picture. And that's all I wanted to do tonight, just, just put the big picture in front of us and say, you know, there's more, and I want to be in on it. Because already everybody that's here is already saying, I want to be in on it. I certainly want to be in on it. I don't want to miss anything. You don't either, do you, Susan? She's, she's a latecomer, and she's like, she's full in. She's full tilt. Watch out. Susan's coming through. Stand back. Get against the hall. Father, we just thank you for helping us and equipping us and satisfying us. You, you're a very present help in time of trouble, but you're a comfort to us. You comfort us with your truth. It, it sets us free from anxiety and from fear and intrepidation. You, your truth liberates us. And so, Lord, we're liberated tonight. We're free to go as fast and as far as we want to. And the greater one in us says, giddy up. So we're, we're doing it. That's what we want. We don't always know how, Lord, but we know we want to, and you'll make a way on the how. So we just say grace, grace to River Church to fulfill the call of God in this place. To fulfill the call of God, to, to have an assigned life on a congregation of people that says we will live strife free. We will not fuss. Lord, you can do something with us and we want you to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, we're, we're uh, receiving our...